following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Strap in, movie fans. We're about to take you 30 years into the past to explore the biggest blockbuster hits of the 1990s. I'm Pete. And I'm Michael. And And this this is is Box Box Office Office 30. 30. Office 30 for March 1992. I'm Pete, and as usual, I'm joined by my good buddy and co-host, Michael. How you doing, sir? I'm well, thank you, other than just having to sit through 15 <laughs> minutes of how to explain my parents had to use the app, the Amazon remote to find a movie, for God's sakes. It was, you know, I felt like I was doing like one of the, like a, like a 90s Sega Genesis, up, up, down, down, left, right, A, B, A, C, E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh god yeah i was i was listening in on this um as we were getting ready to go on the podcast here and I, i'm tempted to make it its own bonus episode <laughs> the audio of that portion but um forgetting that um you gave them an excellent recommendation which was greyhound with tom hanks <laughs> i'm so proud of you <laughs> I've only been telling them for about two months to watch this movie, and they keep, what's that movie called? I'm like, oh my goodness. Here we go. So anyway, back to back to the uh, the show at hand. Um, <laughs> you'll be happy to know both of us are much, much healthier than we were last month. We're, we've gotten past the, the colds that we both had, and um, we're here in March now. It's It was a 70-degree day today. And uh, it was very, very lovely outside. My wife had me uh, digging out a tree and moving a tree. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it actually caught me a little um, off guard how nice the weather became in the afternoon. So um, I had a bit of a, a migraine in the middle of the day. But once the medicine kicked in and everything and I like, came back to life because it's usually like full on zombie mode during during the middle of the migraine. But after it like the medicine was there, I'm like, hey, I'm alive again. Um, <laughs> ran out and started trying to do some errands and try and do some work and it all failed. So wah wah. But <laughs> at least I was enjoying the weather. And it was funny too, because it was like kind of humid. And I was just yeah. saying to my wife last night, like, oh my God, I'm so sick of all this dry, dry weather. Like my skin is all like dried out. I feel like you could like take a cheese grater to me. Mm. And then uh, we're like, oh, you know, the humid weather will be here soon enough and be complaining about that. And like, I had like a moment this afternoon where I was like, dang, it's a little humid. And I'm like, nope, not going to do it. (laughs) Not going to complain about it. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that the same people that always complain when it's 
too cold in the winter, also complain that it's too hot in the summer. Yes. I'm just like, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> yes, well, that's what we have spring and fall for, and that's... <laughs> But then we have allergies in spring and fall, and that's I a different know, yeah. there's, problem. There's always something. There's always something. We can't just be happy. <laughs> yes, that's true. So what's new with you? What's going on? Uh, not too much. Um, saw a fun movie last night that I'll talk about a little bit more when we do our new and new to you. And I have decided to make that an official segment now. I got to still dig up some some theme music for it. But I'm like, you know what? We're making that such a weekly thing. I might as well – well, do that, but I enjoy uh, it too. It's fun. I like it. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of, let's let's talk a little bit. So, I wanted to chat a little bit about the the current box office. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about Spider Man in the last few weeks, which every time we do a new episode has like attained yet another rank on the ladder. You know, surpassing I think even um, Avatar and some of the other um, top films um, of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to chat about some, uh, other films that have been doing really good that are on this side of the calendar year, uh, in their openings. So, um, the first I'll mention is the current box office champion, which is the Batman with 128 million opening domestically, 248.5 worldwide second best openings at like of all time since 2019, um, just, you know, past um, Spider-Man, obviously, is still a number one uh, and largest so far this year. It's also the best opening for WB in the pandemic era and director Matt Reeves' largest. So wow. I thought those were all kind of fun. So it feels good that, like, the box office is alive and happening again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, it's pretty exciting. Um, surprising me a little bit. And only just a little bit because given who's in it um, is Uncharted has also done really well in the box office um, since it opened last month. Uh, current total is um, 100 million you know, plus domestic and 271.5 worldwide. Um, and I was thinking about it because it's like, you know, it's like a video game property. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever played the Uncharted games on, on PlayStation. I played Uncharted a little bit yeah you and me i think that's like my whole um you know like again huge huge game series has been like a really big deal um but i played that one for for the ps3 uh a little bit i don't think i ever even finished it i didn't Um, finish it either (laughs) um but i know it's like it's done like really well um and the series has continued to do really well so i wasn't sure how an uncharted movie would do but you've got tom holland and it's you know and it's like all right i can see it kind of um borrowing some of that success but yeah not quite spider-man or um batman numbers but pretty well for what i considered a video game movie haul Mm. which you know historically are are kind of wishy-washy i feel like that's true um so now i figured we would jump over in our new and new to you segment Okay, so like I said, this is why I didn't want to talk too much on it. Went last night and saw The Batman. Now, okay. I, I haven't seen it. so no I know spoiler. you haven't. So this is going to be the spoiler-free review. And then like when you see it, whenever that is, we'll, we'll chat a little bit more um, about it and do our kind of deep dive 
um, on what you thought. But I didn't text you after the movie last night, and I didn't text you about it today. I, I noticed that. I was I was surprised. <laughs> I wanted to save my reaction for here and now. Okay. Um, so, uh, Ange went with me and, um, some, some live theater stories for you. Okay. Um, I think this movie, this isn't my opinion, but this is just an observation does struggle with the time sort of element. I have read that this movie could have probably shaved off about 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, possibly even more. This was Angela's complaint about the movie. She liked it, but she said it was just really long. You know, it's three hours. It's like, you know, so it's, it's a long movie. Um, not that we didn't just also see like a three-hour Spider-Man movie, but. But, you know, it's different. Like, like three-hour Avengers Endgame, three hours No Way Home, which is not even, it's close to three, but not a full three. But like you're in the ride the whole way. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no lull to the stories. Well, so, and again, this is, this is again, just observation, not my opinion on it. Um, the movie moves at a little bit of a slower, um, more thought out pace than I think we're used to seeing with some of the more recent mm-hmm. Batman movies, which have like a lot of like whiz bang and, and, you know, kind of follow right. some more of that trend o- over time. Um, Whiz bang, golly. <laughs> I don't know where some of these things come from. Um, <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but here's my in-theater observations. Two sets, because we were in like these like dual recliner chairs. And so mm-hmm. like I, I noticed when that's the case, you get a lot of like couples, couples, couples. Yes. So we were in a row of four. We were one of four separate couples in our row. Um, and to the far right end of our row, first of all, they got there after all of us. And these are reclining full so, back, like kicked so out. Everybody's already fully reclined. And you yes. gotta all come back up so and these people can come It's through. also one of those theaters where you can only get into the aisle on the, the one side. So, Ugh. like, they had to, like, make us move to, like, get in. <laughs> so, boo on them for that. The girl of the couple spent half the movie on her phone, like watching TikToks and things with the screen brightness turned way up. So we were getting ready to start throwing things at different points every once in a wow. while. Like I, I just about to be able to get up and say something. And she'd finally turn it off for like another 20 or so minutes. And then I'd finally another 20, 30 minutes later, I'd see her turn it back on. So it was really annoying. The girl and the couple to my right, my immediate right. So this is the couple in between us and the TikTok people. She straight up fell asleep in a big bad way in the middle of the movie and was snoring very audibly. Like <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, and so like her boyfriend every once in a while was like prodding her just to try and get her to stop snoring as much. She finally stopped snoring and then somebody behind us started snoring. <laughs> no. So I don't know what was going on because I haven't seen – again, this was a 7.30 showing, which took us through, you know, like pretty much close to um, 11, 10.30. 30, 10 30 yeah. Yeah. By the Almost time we'd gotten yeah. out of the theater and everything, you know, plus previews and all that sort of jazz. Um, so it was like 11 by the time we got out of there. Um, so maybe people were just genuinely getting into that time of night, sleepy, whatever. Kind of a lame – movie-going, opening weekend crowd on a Saturday night, if you ask my opinion. Especially like a coming-out-of-the-pandemic blockbuster movie. Yeah, exactly. And again, like, a a little slower pace in this, but 
thrilling and intriguing and, and, you know, sort of stuff. So that all aside, here's my very spoiler free initial impressions. First of all, I feel like I need to see it again. Okay. Um, I, I, I feel like there's a lot to dissect, not only because of the length of the movie, but because it is kind of a deep movie. There's like a lot of like, um, you know, undertones and kind of hidden stuff and sort of things like that. So I definitely want to see it again before I kind of have like a kind of full, full Mm -hmm. feeling on how I feel about it. That said, my initial reaction is I think this is my favorite Batman movie of all time. Really? Yes. (laughs) Really? Yes. Um, And again, it's not to say that it's perfect. I think there's definitely some things that are a little clunky here and there or could have been a little better. Robert Pattinson, kind of take him or leave him. You know, I was going in expecting that I would really hate him in the part, um, but he was fine. You know, like I think that possibly the movie could have been improved with somebody a little bit better, but with what the movie gave him to do, he did fine. Um, okay. So, so I, I can't complain so much about it. It's it's a Batman. I don't think this is a spoiler to say it's a Batman year two story. Like it's right. it's it's very early on in his career, which is cool to see on screen. And I think they borrow a lot from the comics. And this is the reason why I say I think it's my favorite Batman movie of all time. Is I felt like I was watching something like Batman Long Halloween or Hush, or something like that come to life. It was a dark, gritty detective movie Mm. with Batman. (laughs) It's like, this is what I've been begging for for years. Every time they keep rebooting the series, and obviously I've very, you know me, I've loved um, the Christian Bale movies Mm. and things like that. I loved Joker. Um, But I've been really itchy for a Dark Knight detective movie, and this was that. So it was very, very fulfilling the on one that thing that film. I've heard about this movie that I'm I am pleased about is I've heard that it's one of the first Batman movies that actually focuses on Batman and he's yes. not like the secondary to the villains. Yes, yeah, you know I think so many of the other movies like you think about the Heath Ledger Joker or um, Bane or any you know, Jack Nicholson, you know. Yes, and I'm just speaking purely of even the more recent ones, obviously. Um, the Schumacher ones later on get get very big with with how over the top some of those characters are and things like that. Um, and really, even in the Burton ones, I you know I think the villains are larger than life, and it's a tricky sort of thing to do because you know arguably Batman has the best you know rogues gallery of villains of any superhero. comic book superhero character. Right. Um, so they all have such large and in your face personalities. But that said. Um, even though Paul Dano's Riddler is eerie and frightening and like kind of a really different take on what we're used to coming from the Riddler, it worked. I mean, there's some choices with how his characters portrayed that are a little like, okay. Um, but you have to just kind of be like, all right, they're just trying something new and different with it, which I can't fault them for. It's not the same you know, Buller wearing green suit with question marks all over it. Riddler, we're all used to, which is fine, you know. Um, but to your point, yes, it, he's not finally overshadowed by every other character in it. Like, even though it's got a lot of Jim Gordon and even though it's got a lot of Selena Kyle, um, 
it's about Batman and it's, it, mm-hmm. it's following Batman and it's Batman doing Batman things. So, um, it, no, I, I, I really appreciate that part of it. That said, I've also seen along that note that people feel that it's, uh, the Batman portrayal in this is a little one note, but again, I, I think it's where Batman is in the Batman career at this point. I mean, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll know what I mean when you see it maybe, um, but again, I, I really, really dug it. Um, I, I know Ange, like she said, she felt it was a little too long. If a movie is three hours long or four hours long, but it keeps me on the edge of my seat and interested the whole time and I'm not checking my watch, then it's a, it's a win. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I, you know, some of these other movies where I'm like looking at my watch, like, all right, where are we at in this? That's a problem. But again, right. for me, I was into it. I was really uh, enthralled by the mystery and where they were going with it. And I just, I really enjoyed it. So okay. I think you are also going to to really enjoy it. And again, I had set my bar low on this one. I wasn't sure okay. what we were going to get, but I, I think it actually came out pretty darn good. Okay, cool. Yes. I, 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 I trust your judgment. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I have a, a new or new to me movie, not a blockbuster epic, you know, go to the theater movie, but uh, Dory and I just watched it about a week or so ago. Tick, tick, boom, on Netflix. Okay. Yep. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, it's fantastic! It is fantastic. I have to tell you, I don't know what's going on with me and Netflix. Maybe it's their price raise or something, <laughs> or maybe that's the last nail in the coffin. I'm almost getting ready to cancel Netflix, were it not for how much the kids watch certain things on mm-hmm. it. I like. I'm not saying this stuff is bad or whatever, but like I was kind I, I was like, you know, okay with Cowboy Bebop. I kind of wasn't into Witcher and I've had some of these other shows like that where I've just been kind of meh. Uh, there is something that popped up today that I, I want to watch with the kids, but like overall, like I have not been excited about some of the movies they've been putting out despite, and this is not, not to say anything about people like you or my other friends judgment on these things. I'll have friends that are like, Oh, you should check out red notice. or You should check out tick, tick, boom. And I'm like, I, I just don't feel excited about any of it for some odd reason. So I, I don't know what that's about. But I, I wasn't excited about Tick, Tick, Boom either. But after seeing it and seeing Andrew Garfield's performance in the movie, it's very, very amazing. Um, the music is fantastic. The characters are all great in the film. It's a very New York movie, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And I know how much Angie loves Broadway, and it, it, it revolves heavily Broadway. around Broadway. Um, and so it's a very good movie. I, too, like, uh, believe it, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, like, Netflix is, like, the last place that I go to search for what I want to watch these days, unless I'm going to, like, throw on Seinfeld and, you know, yeah. put it on in the background. You know, I, I lean heavily on Hulu Hulu's kind of become my spot lately, yeah. and, and in fairness, it's because I've been like rewatching since the very beginning through the new, the most current season, all of uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," mm-hmm. which has been quite a, a journey. <laughs> and then we've also been um, uh, kind of plowing through Brooklyn Nine Nine, which has been really good. But I, I love Brooklyn. Yeah, Nine-Nine. I kind of like live on Hulu lately. <laughs> yeah. Hulu is generally our go-to. Um, I've been doing a lot of HBO Max. I watched uh, I watched uh, Peacemaker. I'm in the final episode of the season. Nice. Um, uh, what else? You know, I actually just canceled the Apple TV Plus because I'm like, 
if Ted Lasso is not there, I'm not really going to it. <laughs> I don't really care. Um, and what else do we have? I don't know. I've been I've been watching a lot of true crime stuff on Discovery Plus. Nice. <laughs> a lot of serial killer stuff for some nice. Reason. I don't know. I got I got hooked on a, a podcast about the Long Island serial killer. And I was like, let's dive deeper into this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. I would be remiss to leave this segment behind without mentioning that I, inspired by you, have been re-watching the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Okay. So I have thus far rewatched Casino Royale. Which is the best one. Barnum. Quantum of Solace and Skyfall. Okay. Um, the fourth one I have not been able to find on any of the streaming services that I use. So Which I'm going to have to try and... Spectre, right? Yeah, Spectre. Dig that I, up I, separately, I, have it. I think. I have. I, um, I can give it to you. But I kind of still stand by my thoughts. I, I I did enjoy watching them again with the exception, I do have to say, Quantum of Solace is a piece of hot garbage. Horrible. I hate that movie. <laughs> that movie is horrible. It's almost like, unwatchable. It, like, I, I hope it's not me just being dense, but I watch it and I'm like, what is even going on? Like, it's such a weird plot versus the other ones. Yeah. Like, Casino Royale and Skyfall, there's a very clear, like, here's what's happening, here's what's going on. Like, it's like this weird thing where it's like, oh, oil. No, it's actually water. Okay, we're going to have a, a a giant final scene in some little weird place in the desert. Like, I don't know, it's like, it's just such a weird movie. And I, I just, I don't know, it feels so out of place. And I, I started looking them up after I rewatched them. And I was happy to find that Quantum of Solace is actually fairly universally loathed. Oh, so yeah. I, at least I'm not alone. <laughs> in, in yeah, no, that. that's, that's the worst one of the whole franchise. Yeah. Skyfall is very good. I, I do like Skyfall a lot. It's not as good as Casino Royale by any means. Well, I'll, I'll try and find, and, and you, maybe you'll send it Spectre, rewatch that, and then I'll give the new one a shot and see how that goes. I've also not yet watched The Kingsman, which basically Ange and I have just been trying to find a night because she actually wants to see it too. I want to watch it too, but I want to watch the the second one first. But, but I don't know if I ha- like if I have to or not. Like, I, don't I know. doubt it. Yeah. I, I'm, I, in a way, I think where they went with the second one, it's almost like they're trying to like soft reboot it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, think, I think in some respects they kind of didn't like the direction they went with the second one maybe. Um, I, I still like the first one better than the second. I, I, you know, a lot of movies get sort of the sophomore slump, um, as far as that goes, but yeah, but yeah I, I want to we'll watch see. The, I want to watch the King's man. It looks pretty cool and that looks pretty good. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I understand. I, I appreciate you taking the effort to go back and rewatch the bond films. You know, <laughs> the one thing about the, the Daniel Craig movies is other than Casino Royale, I don't think any of them are based on the the books at all they're just they're original stories yeah i mean um specter in a way almost seems like a soft reboot of some of the older bond movies because you know i think they brought like it's like blofeld is like the villain at the end yes yeah um you know so i think they're kind of going with something like that um you know uh skyfall um, I realized I had forgotten a lot more about sort of what that was about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I kind of enjoyed that a little better than I thought that I had. 
Although I'm still kind of weirded out by the, like, I'm going to go to my ancestral home and play home alone ending to that. Like, <laughs> you know, it just, it just seemed like kind of like an odd choice, but like, all right. And I actually forgot that like uh, Judy Dench was killed at the end of that. Spoilers. Um, replaced Jeez. by uh, Ralph Fiennes there. So I, I had just completely sort of forgotten that that was a thing, but yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, and, and I, I don't, you know, I, I, I get why they killed her off, but it's a different energy when she's not there. Yeah. It's a, di- it's a very different dynamic. I mean, I'm curious to see what their new chemistry is going to be, but like she and him had pretty good, like kind of play off each other. So yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, how about we take a look at the box office for March, 1992 in our box office 30 segment. Cool. All right, welcome to March 1992. We have a bit more lively roster of films this month, but some titles I definitely recognized and watched when I was younger. So this is also a fairly long list of movies. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we we we're we're kind of out of the winter slump here. We're you know seeing some more, um, a little bit of a bigger list. Now that said. Uh, there's a chunk of them that I'm like, I know this movie. And then there's a chunk of them where I'm like, nope, <laughs> but we'll talk about them. Um, to start things off, uh, our top film for the March is still Wayne's world with a March gross of 46.7 million. Um, last month, even though it launched um, February 14th would have been 40 million. So it actually does a little better in, in its second month with a little bit more time to go than it did in its first month. Number two is Basic Instinct with 36.9 million in earnings. And in the number three spot, we have My Cousin Vinny at 24.8 million. So <laughs> you wrote me this morning and said, hey, can we do this tonight? And me, like all week long, kept saying to Ange, I got to remember to post the Twitter poll. I got to remember <laughs> to post the Twitter poll. So you texted me that like first thing this morning and I was like, Damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me post that right now. So we had a last minute poll. So I apologize. However, I am totally blown away. Yes, by I was watching this received. all day long. I was watching this like like a hawk all day yes. long. So first, the results. Now, technically, the poll is still running, but I'm calling it at the time of podcasting. And the current results are in third place with 12.5% of the vote. We have The Lawnmower Man. Now, funny thing for me, you mentioned you were you were kind of paying attention all day long. I was watching this in the early um, running when it first kind of got posted and the first, you know, votes were coming in. Believe it or not, it was actually number one for a while. <laughs> in the early voting, Lawnmower Man was ahead. Wow. That would have been horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been a horrible, horrible, horrible month. In second place, with 23.4% of the vote, we have... Basic Instinct, which lands in first place with a huge lead of 64.1% of the vote, which might be one of the highest percent leads that we've had. I think so. Um, There might have been something else that was in the 70s. I forget. My Cousin Vinny. So for all you good, kind people out there who voted, thank you so much. 
There were 128 of you this month, by far our largest number. So massive, massive thank you to Which all you kind folks. I find hilarious because only 80 people follow us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, so again, this brings me to my next point, which is again to thank, as always, Jason and the Retro Network, who I um, popped him off a message on Slack and I'm like, I was an idiot. I only just posted this today. Could you please reshare it? And he's like, absolutely. <laughs> and he reshared it right away. And so, you know, the wonderful folks that follow the Retro Network came out for us again with this vote. So it makes me feel good when we get these type of numbers and it's not just like three people, you know, voting on the thing. And it's like one votes for each of the options or whatever. We end up with a dead tie. Um, so again, uh, I hope some of you good folks who voted in the poll are joining us for the episode. Just want to say again, we so appreciate whenever anyone takes a little time out of their day to vote on our polls, give the podcast a listener, even just to say hi on social media. So again, so appreciate you guys. We do this because we're having a fun time and we like to chat with each other about it, but we really appreciate when you guys are, are giving us a listen or giving us a little vote here and there. Makes us know that, that our voices are being heard a little bit out there in podcast land. So thank you again. So that said, we will be chatting in a little bit about My Cousin Vinny and we will do it for our review in two weeks. But for now, why don't we take a look at the chart this month? So do you want to kick things off? Sure. So are we just going to do the March movies or are we going to read the entire So I, I, as usual, have distilled down in the notes our um, our March releases, which since we do have uh, quite a few more March ones, we'll probably skip the other months. Although it is worth pointing out that there are things still like Beauty and the Beast and things like that that released in like November and December that are actually still raking in like $10 million at this point yeah. um, all the way out in March. So again, we always seem to come off that with the holidays with a few strong films that seem to keep doing, you know, long-term box office, but let's look at March. <laughs> okay. So as you said, you know, basic instinct is the top March released movie in the number two spot with 36.8 million, uh, with a total gross of 117 million. Then our movie of the month, my cousin Vinny comes in third with twenty four point eight million and a total gross of only fifty two million. So funny thing, I was going to bring this up wild. later in the show, but I'll I'll bring it up now instead. Does this surprise you a little bit? Because the other thing I would say, and I, I'd like to actually just put like a pin in it. We'll obviously talk more about my cousin Vinny, but to just speak about Basic Instinct, since we won't be doing that in the review, like. This is kind of like a big deal 90s movie. You know, yeah. I, I think it's largely remembered for that one scene that everybody yeah. remembers it for. Um, but, it you know, it has, you know, it was kind of a shocking movie at the time. I think it got kind of really mixed reviews at the time because of how violent and because of um, a lot of sexuality in it. Um, and, and, you know, um, there's a rape scene, I think, at one point. Um, so it, you know, it it sort of was a, a talking item, if not necessarily a um, completely critically acclaimed film of the time, right. but it does some numbers. And I was a little shocked. And like I said, I was going to bring this up later when we got to talk about my cousin Vinny, that a box office mojo lists it as its total gross of 52.9 million. I did a little more digging and there's a, a little bit of, you know, contrariness on this that, they kind of say like worldwide it did something closer to 64 million in a few other spots. So I'll, I'll 
let you average between 52 and 64. But I was a little surprised by that, given what some of the other movies we've been looking at have been tallying up to in these sort of charts lately, as far as that sort of long-term total gross. Now, again, maybe for some reason it was short-lived in the theaters, but if you look at the theater comparison, they're saying Basic Instinct was in 1,884 theaters. My Cousin Vinny was in 1,506. So it's not like that big a disparity um, between those sets of numbers that, you know, you're basically like cut in half and then some, the number from Basic Instinct. You know what it is, though? And I was thinking about this when I saw these numbers. This was a movie that was a big rental movie after the buzz and especially because of the Oscar buzz around Marissa Tomei, who more or less up until this point was relatively unknown. I wouldn't say she was totally unknown, but yeah, this was a breakout role for her for sure. This wasn't a household. She wasn't a household name back then. You really only had, you know, Joe Pesci and, a sort of rememberable Ralph Macchio. <laughs> so um, I think that it's probably because of all the rentals and the Oscar buzz that gave this movie the cult following that it got after. So you're saying a little bit like Sharon Stone is greater than Marissa Tomei as far as star pole. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> because Jason of the Retro Network tweeted us earlier that his reason for voting was that Marissa Tomei is greater than Sharon Stone. <laughs> so I thought, I, okay. I thought I'd mention that. <laughs> I would agree that it's fair, but what I'm but what I'm saying is, at the time release time, right? They, and these were released about a week apart. You got Michael Douglas, Sharon Stone. And Which actually is another interesting thing to point out because specifically they're a week apart in the favor of My Cousin Vinny. Right. My Cousin Vinny's March 13th. Basic Instinct is March 20th. So with less time, it did more box office. Yeah. And I think that it was probably because of star power. Marketing might have been a, played a factor, advertising and so on and so forth to get people into the theater. Um that's that's all I could think of, really. Yeah, I, I imagine you're right. Um, but again, for me, it just seems kind of odd because even at the time, my cousin Vinny was very well received, at least critically. So it just sort of surprises me a little bit that it long term is not able to rake in any more than um, 52. And just to, let me put out another comparison because I was going to compare some things before. But just to give you some context – Lawnmower Man, which is obviously the number four film we were chatting about, goes on to do 32 million. So yeah. it's only 20 million less for the Lawnmower Man than my cousin Vinny. And their, and then op- the and number- their opening weekends are almost the same. They're almost right. Yeah, boxes. almost identical. Or the opening month. Yeah, a number. Actually, as a matter of fact, it's it's really by less than $100,000 that my cousin Vinny outskirts the Lawnmower Man on, on the number three and four spot. Number eight on our list. White Men Can't Jump, which is another awesome movie, goes on to do 76.2 million. Yeah. So <laughs> they earn almost 20 million more than my cousin Vinny. Yeah. So, so like, really? I mean, like, again, you know, I think kind of as you say, and, you know, uh, Stephen Sapellis pointed out in a, in a kind of a funny way um, that. It, <laughs> The way he put it was that if you sold a house on Long Island in the 90s, you had to include a copy of My Cousin Vinny as part of the sale of the house, which is hilarious. But um, 
it, again, to your point, I think the rental and the home ownership market and the kind of long-term cult success of my cousin Vinny is, is there. Um, you know, again, like on the scale of time, is Basic Instinct still a more remembered movie than my cousin Vinny? I don't think so. I, think. I would say arguably yes, but I think it still all boils down to that one two second portion of that one scene yeah. where she spreads her legs. You know, like I, I, unfortunate to say, but I think that's the one thing that everybody still remembers from that. You know, as far as a better movie overall, my vote is always going to be my cousin Vinny. So like, I also think my cousin Vin- Vinny is much more quotable than any of those other movies for sure other than maybe not the basic instinct is a movie where you'll be looking for quotes or whatever but but yes I, I do get what you're saying so anyway as we were saying um number eight on the list white men can't jump so do you remember this movie i mean i, I love this movie. <laughs> are you kidding me i think i saw it sometimes I in the 90s but love like love yeah <laughs> like this movie oh my i, oh, I love, this was definitely because it was rated r it was, I saw this on VHS with my parents, and it was one of the few like rated R movies they let me actually see. And you know, it's got Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, Rosie Perez, and uh, Dwayne Wayne from you know <laughs> a different world. And it's a fantastic movie, and I still quote this movie to this day. Whenever like something great happens, I quote Dwayne Wayne and go. We go in Sizzler. We go in Sizzler. We go in Sizzler. <laughs> so I love that movie. Yes. For me, I feel like um, I think I saw it and, you know, I think I probably I had a feeling one way or another way back. I just haven't seen it in like decades. Um, but I feel like for me, what's almost more memorable is that people used to just like use the title like in other things like <laughs> like you would just hear like white men can't jump in relation to other stuff like i think it popped mm-hmm. up in other shows or media or things like that like like i don't know just kind of like a weird <laughs> kind of where the title of the movie became almost like meta or something like that mm-hmm. um i don't know kind of odd Fair enough. Um, number 13 on our list is Gladiator, and it is not that Gladiator. <laughs> this, this is not the Russell Gladiator. <laughs> Obviously a little too early for, for the Russell Crowe Gladiator. Does this movie ring a bell for you? No. Uh, all I I'll can... read you the, the, uh, the log line. Go for Tommy it. Riley has moved with his dad to Chicago from a nice place. He <laughs> keeps to himself, goes to school. However, after a street fight, he is noticed and quickly falls into a world of illegal underground boxing where punches can kill. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I really – I don't think I recognize this. <laughs> I don't recognize this at all. And fourth billing is Cuba Gooding Jr. Everybody else above him, I don't even know who they are. I don't Although even know. the odd thing is on at least one – poster that i'm looking at for this he's on the poster as like one of the two people yeah one of the two leads but i don't know i don't know who james marshall even is the lead of the movie oh brian dennehy's in this wow how about that (laughs) how about that okay the next one on our list number 14 is a movie called american me does this ring a bell for you at all like it seems like it should and yet i'm having a hard time Placing it. This is an Edward James almost movie, 
Okay, um, yeah, that does sound more like it. I didn't bother to to look okay. it up. <laughs> well, he's on the poster, but he's not even. Oh, and he directed it too. He's on the poster. He's the main picture of the poster, but he's like not even on the top ten in the list of of the billing. I mean, I don't know where you're looking at. I just brought it up on Wikipedia, and he's listed as the starring role, at least on there. Well, on on IMDb Pro, he's like Montoya Santana, fifteen down the list, and he directed this movie too. I recognize the poster. I recognize the title. Um, I think you're looking. Did you say you were looking on IMDb as listing him that low yeah. or somewhere else? Yeah. IMDb must be acting weird for you because, again, like Cuba Gooding had like, you know, top billing and somewhere else on that other thing in this one. So you might not be able to trust that tonight. You might have it like in like reverse sort order or something. Who knows? Like I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't really remember this movie. I never saw it. I just remember the poster. It's all. Yeah, I have I have essentially the same recollection as you. I don't think I've seen it, but, but it, it does kind of ring a bell. Um, number 15, Once Upon a Crime. Again, I don't know if I I know this one. I mean, the name is generic enough. Yeah. Well, here's a funny thing. Directed by Eugene Levy. Interesting. Uh, starring John Candy, Jim Belushi, Sybil Shepard, yeah, Sean I mean, got Young, a decent cast, yeah. Richard Lewis... Wow, I kind of want to find this movie. <laughs> George Hamilton, like this has got a pretty good cast of characters here. Holy cow. Wow, I kind of want to find this movie. This, I would have figured it was a drama or it's, it's a comedy. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> um, number 18, Article 99, um, which, oh, my God, the poster for this is something else. <laughs> Again, not one that I necessarily recognize as a film, but. Um, is that what I, who I think it Kiefer is? Kiefer Sutherland's mustache is, is worth, <laughs> worth checking out be, here. That should get a shirt. Kiefer Sutherland's mustache. Yeah. Um, this is uh, this has got Ray Liotta, Keith Sutherland, and Forrest Whitaker among others. And um, again, I don't I don't recognize it. Um, but wow, that mustache! <laughs> yeah, how about that. Uh, how about that? That's all I got. The next one on the list, number twenty three, is a hugely popular movie in the early nineties. I've seen this movie. Uh, ton of times it is the rodney dangerfield classic ladybugs yes now this is one that this is like oddly where the list starts becoming a lot more familiar to me as you said i saw this about a billion times this is also a movie where like i saw something get brought up about it a few years ago and how largely problematic it is <laughs> Today, <laughs> like yes. under, the, under the modern like lens of, yes. um, you know, sort of like what he essentially, uh, for those who, who don't know ladybugs, I'll read you the log line to climb the corporate ladder to success. A guy agrees to coach. I like, it's just a guy, a guy agrees to coach the company's all girls soccer team with the help of his secret weapon, his fiance's son. So, as you might imagine, if you haven't seen this movie, he basically dresses his um, fiance's son up as a girl who then like becomes like the all-star player on their team because he's quite a good soccer player. Um, and the team rallies and everything. And then, of course, like it comes out that 
he's actually a guy and you know at that point can the team still do good without him you know um you know I love Rodney Dangerfield I mean I I think he's so funny in this um and again as a um movie of its time I, I think there was a lot of films that kind of did this thing where you either had body switching films where a man became a woman or a woman became a man or um gender swapping yeah gender swap cross-dress sort of things um you know at the time was it i think it was just kind of a thing of the 90s and like the late 80s there was a lot of movies that that did yeah i mean there was there was an entire show i mean heck there was even movies where people became like a dog or a cat or you know like (laughs) tom hanks did bosom buddies in the 80s i mean like it was was a thing and it you know it, it doesn't translate well in the lens of today, but yeah, I just it, don't see movies like this being redone more. ever again. <laughs> the next one on the list though, was another movie that I actually really, really love. Have you ever seen the next movie? Absolutely. Called, called the cutting edge. And it's about a temperamental figure skater and a former hockey player who try to win Olympic gold as a figure skating pairs team. And honestly, I love this movie so much uh i don't know <laughs> I don't why know if i'm gonna go that far but i do remember like seeing this like several times in the 90s again definitely a sunday afternoon like you know wb tv movie um is where i saw this for the first time and it's like exactly what you'd expect like kind of like fun loving like beat em up hockey guy meets like stuck up pristine like figure skater girl and they got to get past their differences in order to to win it. I mean it's basically Blades of Glory. Yes. <laughs> like bar- borrows essentially like the formula from from this sort of thing. Um you know yeah, I don't know. There, there was like a bunch of movies like this over time that that like, you know, pair up this concept of like the hockey thing. Even movies like The Mighty Ducks, you know, borrow like, oh, let's get some figure skaters in because they'll do really well in the hockey setting. It, it seems absurd to me, you know, like in, a, in like a way um, that like, all right, you know, sure, he's a hockey player or whatever. But like it's a really, really different thing mm-hmm. to be a, a good hockey skater and player than to like be able to be doing all these like twirls and jumps and have the finesse and like I don't know it it seems really very silly but I, I you know wherever you land on it yeah, <laughs> I don't I'm not gonna go down the 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 like a plus plus you just gave it. no no, no I, I wouldn't even give it an A plus plus I also as a kid I think I had like a big crush on Moira Kelly I don't know okay like, I, I liked her a lot um, we we cut through to the truth I there see there you go fine <laughs> whatever. Don't judge me, but it's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, it's cute. It's nice. It's a good, like, family movie. I don't know. It's fun. Shut up. (laughs) 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 All right. What do you got next? So here the list gets a little wonky again. I don't know. You're having, like, a reaction. Number 28 is Blame It on the Bellboy. Is this this another? This is a Pee Wee Herman movie. Is it? I, I think. I think. Pee-wee, oh no, I'm sorry, Dudley Moore. Because there's a, mo- a movie where Pee Wee Herman plays the Bellboy, but this is a Dudley Moore movie. I remember this movie. I, I think don't. you're thinking of Pee Wee Herman in his bit role in the movie, in a movie of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, where like he plays himself as like a bellboy at like <laughs> like the movie at the end, where it's like, 
come on, daddy, I'm a looter and a rebel. <laughs> you know, like, and like, it's like paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> like, he has like, just like this weird little role where he's like creeping in the background. I think that might be what you're thinking of. I could be wrong. I don't know. But I do remember this movie, Blame It on the Bell Boy with, with Dudley Moore. Uh, it's a very forgettable movie. I'm not a big Dudley Moore fan myself, uh, you know, other than Arthur, but like, you know, whatever. I mean, to be fair, we're already into like the 3 million and below level of of the movies, you know, here. So um, I don't know if it's going to get any better than here. Matter of fact, I'm just going to name some of them off and let me know if you know any of these. And I I actually, I will stop on one of them that I do know. Um, But number 29 is Shadows and Fog. Number 32 is Noises Off. Number 38 is The Power of One. This is the one I actually do recognize. Do you know this movie? The Power of One. <laughs> I, I know the Jet Li movie, The One. No, but- <laughs> this is as far removed from that as it could possibly get. So I will read you the, the log line. An English boy living in Africa during World War II through his boxing prowess becomes a symbol of hope in a time of war. Let me give you the background as to why I know this movie. At some point when I was in middle school, I don't remember if it was sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, one of them, my English teacher and social studies teacher thought it would be a good idea to show our collective, like our class was always split in like two, to bring the two sections together and over like a day or two to show us this movie. Hmm. And... The film itself deals with like a post-World War – well, I mean, I guess they're saying it's during World War II. I I thought I remembered it being a little after that. But it's basically like pre-apartheid South Africa. Um, And this is the white saviorist white savior movie ever. (laughs) It is so problematic. Um, And again, like when I was watching this like in school at the time, like – you know, as a, like a young kid, I was like, all right, this is like an interesting movie. And I think as I think back on it as an adult and again, through that, like, you know, through the prism, but even just thinking back on it as an adult, it's really kind of bombastic in what it is and does like, and it, I actually looked it up um, earlier when I saw it in the list. Cause I was curious what the actual take was besides, you know, whatever I had seen at the time and things like that. And even critics in 1992 were kind of panning it for like, like not having a soul, like just for like, like going, (laughs) going like way out there, like, and kind of like whatever. So it's really bizarre to me that like, again, like this is 92. So this is like before I'm in middle school, that's several years later when I'm in middle school that my two middle school teachers were like, you know what we have to show these kids? This movie. (laughs) Wow. I mean, like it basically ends with, I mean, it, it deals a lot like, so, and again, it's, I mean, it's interesting if you want to learn a little bit about South Africa at the time, but sort of the whole thing is that like the only thing that was essentially hated less than the Africans in this portion of this country at the time was English settlers in the area. Right. Um, and I, you know, I think there's like a lot of Dutch, like the Afrikaners and things like that. And so like this, this boy that it's about PK, um, you know, is like, just like growing up with like misery. And of course, like, like he has like a, like a, like a Zulu shaman, like tells him that like he could save 
everybody and then like he he's like a, he becomes like a boxer and like all like the the African people call him the rainmaker Shiri Zulu I can still remember it to this day it is like it is way over the top and like by to again like through the today lens it's so sketch. Wow. <laughs> so I don't necessarily recommend going out and watching this, but I did have a period of my life where this was like a thing. So it's funny to see it pop up in the list at this time. So um, I want to just mention Shadows and Fog real quick. Sure. I know of this movie. I've never seen this movie, but it's a Woody Allen film starring Woody Allen, also featuring, and listen to this cast. Mia Farrow, John Malkovich playing a character named Clown. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Madonna is in this movie. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, I, <laughs> we'll get to that movie in a couple of years. Oh, God, I hope so. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> so listen to this. Lily Tomlin, Jodie Foster, Kathy Bates, all play a character named Prostitute. Sure. <laughs> and then, As you do. John Cusack is in this movie, like Willie, uh, John C. Riley, William H. Macy. The list just goes on and on with this movie called Shadows and Fog, <laughs> a comedy about a serial strangler is on the loose. A bookkeeper wanders around town searching for the vigilante group intent on catching the killer. <laughs> Nice. That's, and that's this Woody Allen film that clearly did not do well in the <laughs> Woody Allen, you know, history of films. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly had some dogs over time. Yeah. Uh, number 39 is Ruby, not, not to be confused with Ruby. Ruby. <laughs> we don't know what Ruby is. Uh, 40, Howard's End. 41, Terminal Bliss. 43, Shakes the Clown. I feel like I need to stop on this one and look. <laughs> I know. I know Howard's End. Shakes is a good at his job as a party clown. When he's sober and shows up, five druggy clowns frame him for the murder of his boss. Sounds great. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it, which one was the one you knew? I know Howard's End. Okay. And I think I only I think I only know it because I think it gets referenced in a movie as a joke in the future. I mean, this one has a $238,000 start, but goes on to make $25 million. So it must yeah. do something as it goes on throughout time. But I, I, it doesn't ring any bells at all for me. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've never seen it, but I just recognize the name because I, I know I've heard it references jokes. I think in Wayne's World 2, they reference Howard's End. Interesting. Like. I mean, it might be because it came out during their run. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe. Um, Number 46, Edward II. Number 47, Raise the Red Lantern, which I'm assuming is not about Atrocitus and crew. Oh, not not about the Green Lantern (laughs) Corps. Sorry, folks. Number 48, Highway to Hell. Number 49, Proof. Number 50, American Dream. And number 51, Roadside Profits. I do not think we've ever hit 50 on one of these lists before. No, so we are in the dregs here. With number 51, Roadside Profits, making a grand total of 11145 goes on to make 147000 from Fine Line Features. Let's, let's read the thing. 
I know of Fine Line Features. I've heard of that company before. Two strangers meet on the road and travel through Nevada on motorcycle, on motorcycle, not on a motorcycle or motorcycles, on motorcycle to find an elusive spot where they can dump another man's ashes. Cool. Sounds great. <laughs> what I find funny is the roadside profits in only 17 theaters make 147000 but Highway to Hell in 14 theaters makes 26000 total. Like, <laughs> it's just kind of weird. It's like, how come this place, this, I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm spiraling a little bit here, folks, sorry. Anyway. Now, as Interestingly enough, because we've, we've run into these sort of things before, there's actually some people in this. The, 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 the film stars somebody that is called John Doe, which like is not like a great um, name. The actor's <laughs> name is John Doe? Yes. John Nomensen Duchok, professionally known as John Doe, is an American singer, songwriter, actor, poet, guitarist, and bass player. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, and also somebody named Adam Horowitz, which I think is also he, – oh, he's from the Beastie Boys, the Adam Horowitz of the Beastie Boys. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Um, but as I'm scrolling through some of the other names that appear as other actors in this movie, John Cusack's in this. David Carradine is in this. Marlo Guthrie. Um, I even see – Don Cheadle as Happy Days manager, <laughs> like so. It's got like some random like extra people in it. Um, I don't know. Very weird little bottom of the barrel film, I guess. Down yeah. here, <laughs> that's, that's a strange one. Number fifty is a Miramax movie, but um, the description reads like a Miramax movie, and I just I can't. I don't have the strength to talk about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, a, it's a long paragraph. This is a very long synopsis. Yeah, that we, I, we, I say we move along. <laughs> yes, I, I, I concur. So that'll wrap up all the March films for us. So a, a longer list, but a lot of clunkers in there, unfortunately. So why don't we take a look and see if we can't recall My Cousin Vinny. Okay, My Cousin Vinny is directed by Jonathan Lynn. Among his works are Clue, The Distinguished Gentleman, Greedy, Sergeant Bilko, Trial and Error, The Whole Nine Yards, The Fighting Temptations, Wild Target, and a 1990 pilot for a Ferris Bueller sitcom that I didn't even realize existed. Did wow. you know that there was a Ferris Bueller show? <laughs> Well, I don't think it got picked up because it, it did. It ran one season in 1990, 13 episodes. I had to look it up before. Did it really? Yeah, and it, it doesn't star any of the original people, of and it's actually not. kind of somewhat only loosely based on on the movie. Um, so I don't know. It read really weird, but it sounds like it was trash. So I think it didn't go any further than that. But I had no clue that it had been adapted into any kind of other uh, medium. So very interesting. The screenplay is written by Dale Lawner, who also Whoa. penned... Side note. Yes. You know who's in the Ferris Bueller show? Jennifer Aniston is on the poster. Really? Yes. <laughs> I wonder how, how early that is in her career. It's got to be pretty early. But the cast is, yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Anybody else of, of any of, of note? Uh, David Glazer is in it as Dork. Dork. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's it. Just Jennifer Aniston. Nobody else is anybody I recognize. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, yeah. Wow. Sorry. That was. I'm looking down the list now too, and I don't think I recognize. I mean, there's some like kind of like character actor people that I've seen in other things, but it's yeah. like they're not even worth mentioning, really. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem like Cloris Leachman, <laughs> you know, like anyway, she's sorry. the highlight, you know. Sorry, that was that's like, okay. No, that's all right. I just had to know. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Holy cow! So the screenplay is written by Dale Lawner, who also penned Ruthless People, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, love Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Love Potion Number Nine, Eddie, and The Hustle. The film stars Joe Pesci, Marissa Tomei, Ralph Macchio, Mitchell Whitfield, and Fred Gwynn, among others. And on top of its four, well, I guess I don't have to mention this because we already talked about that. I'll just cut that part out. Uh, since we're coming up on the Academy Awards, and you also kind of mentioned this a little bit before, it is worth mentioning that Marissa Tomei won for Best Supporting Actress for this role. So that said, let's let's see what we can recall. So. Well, before we do that, I yes. want to just point out some fun fact. Yes. My wife. Who, My wife. Who, admittedly, <laughs> will never come on this podcast, period, has a spot-on impression of Marissa Tomei in this movie and the entire duration of our relationship constantly <laughs> recants and requotes this movie in Marissa Tomei's voice over and over and over again. All right, well, she doesn't have to come on the podcast, but now you do need to record it to be played on the podcast. I'm going to try to convince her to, to, like, say one line. If she'll do it... I'm going to text her. <laughs> I'm going to be like, here's my ask for you for the year. Give us your best Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. <laughs> if she'll do it, I'll be shocked. But, <laughs> but yes, she loves this movie has watched it a gazillion times and quotes Marissa Tomei constantly. That's great. Um, so uh, shall you recall or shall I recall? I think this one's probably not going to be too hard for us. <laughs> so, okay, I will do my best. And so basically these two young guys are driving somewhere in the South and Alabama, Alabama. Okay. Alabama. <laughs> And they get pulled over at like a convenience store or something like that and get arrested for and charged with murder. And they didn't do it or they admit, and said they didn't do it. Then one of them, played by Ralph Macchio, says, oh, my cousin's a lawyer. I'll call him and he'll come down and he'll help us out. So calls his cousin, comes down, and it's this very, very, you know, New York, Long Island guy-ish, played by Joe Pesci, who is, you know... from Brooklyn. Probably Brooklyn, yes. Anyway, he's never actually tried a case before. It's questionable if he even actually did pass the bar or not. I don't remember exactly. But um, ultimately, he has this very, you know, uh, callous or even careless way of behaving in the courtroom because it's just not who he is as a person, yada, yada, yada. He and his fiance, played by Marissa Tomei, figure out a way to get the cousin and his friend off. They 
win the appeal of the judge and like the, the the love of the town everyone likes him by the end and yada 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 that's the story that's all i got <laughs> that's pretty good i mean for yeah i like a couple things i guess i would fill in is like they are um a couple college students and they're on a trip they're going to be heading to ucla um is ultimately like what they were gonna you know ultimately do and they're driving specifically like an old car i forget exactly what the the car is but um that comes into play big in the story and they came to this gas station to like get food uh, like like snacks and stuff and like they accidentally shoplift like a can of tuna right um and that's what ultimately like kind of like gets them mixed up in the whole thing because i think there was basically like the the person who did commit the murder had like like an identical car or something like that, but it had like different different, like tires on it. And that's how like Marissa Tomei like ultimately figures it out uh, in the end because she like, is her name like Mona Lisa? Yes. (laughs) Like such a weird name, but yeah. Um, Like she, she's like really into like cars and everything like that. Um, I think it's like a slightly different car, but like they realize that like the tires don't match is what ultimately saves them in the end. Um, But yeah, it's like, you know, like it's about like how, they're like these like Brooklyn Italian kids and these Southerners don't take a liking to them because, you know, they, they think they're out of towners and this whole, you know, sort of thing. And because of like the circumstantial sort of thing with the, with like the tuna can and they admit to accidentally shoplifting that, that's what like, they like put them away on. And then they're like, Oh, well, if you shoplifted, you also probably killed them. And you know, like kind of weird thing. And then most of the movie is the court case. And it's like, what you know? I mean, there's obviously like a lot more to to talk about once we do the review on it. Um, but I know one of the things that, about this film is that this is like widely heralded by actual lawyers and especially law students to be like a really pretty darn accurate film. You know, like there's a lot of movies out there that really take and TV shows that take a ton of liberties with um, how a court case would actually unfold and mm-hmm. how lawyers would actually speak mm-hmm. and how judges would react and, and, you know, give verdicts and things. And that by and large, like this one, you know, has its little faults here and there, but actually overall does really well. Um, there's a YouTube channel that I love called legal Eagle. And if you, um, ever have some free time check it out uh it's this uh, very funny kind of guy he's a he's an actual lawyer in dc um and he got famous on youtube by doing sort of like real lawyer reacts to um videos but they're really really super informational so really Mm -hmm. fascinating to um watch and listen to and he does other stuff than just the real lawyer reacts to he talks about current goings on um Mm -hmm. you know like everything from like the impeachment stuff that was going on with the president through just like, you know, things that are happening in, in the news and all this sort of thing. And just like the legal ramifications and, and how things would pan out really fascinating stuff. It's almost like watching like the daily show or something. Um, and the guy's got like charm for days. So that's, I think the other reason it makes it super watchable, but he did a great episode on my cousin Vinny and like, you know, reviewing it. And um, it's great. He like really picks it apart and talks about like how, quite accurate it you know like a lot of the the way things uh, go in the case and, and everything like that so um again very funny as you said earlier very quotable movie the utes you know what would you say the utes the utes <laughs> you know like you know so many wonderful wonderful lines like that um as 
far as I'm concerned, this is my favorite Joe Pesci movie of all time. I or at least so. maybe not as far as like movie that has Joe Pesci in it, but my favorite Joe Pesci role of I, all time. I would say, yeah. I mean, especially like as his, as him being the lead in a movie. Yes, for sure. Uh, there's other movies that, you know, he's great. I mean, he's great in a lot of movies, but like, I, I just love him in this. Um, you know, what's funny about this movie. I think I had seen, uh, to kill a mockingbird recently prior to this prior to seeing this movie <laughs> and i was like the, do all courtrooms look this way they're all kind of the same as <laughs> balcony and then in real life i realized later like gee courtrooms don't look like that <laughs> that sucks what <laughs> a bummer nice totally random thought but i also love Vinny's suit he has like that like like I think it's like a crushed velvet suit or something like that. <laughs> That's like like a, like a like a burgundy color or something yes. that he's wearing the, the whole movie. Um, well, he wears a leather jacket at one point in the courtroom. Yeah, because well, I think judge- that's how he like shows up, and they're like, I think the judge is like, if you come back, you know, dressed like this, you, you know, you're going to be in contempt of court. So then he like shows up in this like ridiculous crushed velvet suit for the rest of the court case. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, again, I, just a super fun movie. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I, I was not surprised that this is the way that the voting went, and I know that there was a ton of people posting GIFs uh, from this movie in response to it, so uh, I, I think everybody's going to be um, having a fun time. Uh, hopefully you guys can all rewatch this yeah. um, with us. I'm curious if it's streaming anywhere. You know, we usually don't look this stuff up until we go to, to like find it, and we're like, wait, where... <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? So I'm going to look right now to let the listeners also know in case they'd like to rewatch it where they can find it. Okay, this is on HBO Max right now. Oh, good. Um, so that is uh, an easy get over there. So um, that's that's pretty handy. Um, all right. So uh, how about we take a look at our preview review? All right, I'll count us down. Three, two, one. Rated R. <laughs> 20th Century Fox. happened to William and Stanley on their way to college. Got movie and voice guy. Did you shoot yep. the clerk? They got framed. Why would they go to Alabama and go to UCLA, though? It's so now, far south. from New York are in deep trouble. It's time to make your phone call. Yeah, I don't know if it's one of these, like, Route 66 sort of things. I don't know if that runs through there or what. Or if it they were just like if they're too south. One man can save There's the old New York license plate. Yeah, I love those old plates. Those are great. Your typical hero. We got an attorney in the family. I actually wish they'd bring that. We got an attorney in the family over here. (laughs) (laughs) My cousin Vinny. You stick out like a sore thumb around here. Oh, yeah, you blend. You really (laughs) blend, (laughs) you. Six years ago, what have you been doing since? Studying for the bar. That's a lot of studying. What's this over here? You never heard of Grits? Oh, Grits. I've never seen a grit before. It's his first case. Now, did not tell you dress appropriately. You were serious about that? (laughs) (laughs) Thrown in jail. You are. It's their last chance. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, there's that suit. <laughs> I think it's a tuxedo. Yeah, it is. This ridiculous thing for you. Back in jail. Again. We agreed to get married as soon as you won your first case. My biological clock is taking Look at these outfits. Oh, man, these outfits are unbelievable. 
They're dead meat. The hair, the outfits, everything is wild. You think I'm hostile now? Wait till you see me tonight. <laughs> my cousin Vinny. You two know each other? Yeah, she's my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> so what I will say he's about so this, great as the judge too. Oh, oh, he's fantastic. So what I find so funny about this trailer is, even though like you see a decent amount of the movie, it doesn't give away a lot of the best jokes in the trailer. And a lot of these movies, oftentimes they they throw in all the best stuff in the trailer. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you weren't surprised. But this is a good trailer that doesn't give away too much of the movie, which is great. I agree. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very 90s trailer, like that little background music. And I'm sure that's music that's like in the film, maybe. But like, so 90s. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> totally 90s. Hilarious. Good stuff. But it's a great trailer. Um, Pete, do you, will you like link up the trailer to the social for people to watch if they want to? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm always bad about social media, so like I could throw that in in the social feed if I can remember to do it. But um, he won't, folks. He won't remember. Yeah, yeah, otherwise, I usually <laughs> at least play it along with us when we're when we're doing that segment anyway, so people can hear a, a little bit of it. But I'll 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 try to remember. <laughs> I, I'm excited for this movie. I'm excited to also not take the notes. It's your month for the notes, so yes, I can watch it. Like, it's so hard. <laughs> when you're the note taker that month because you have to watch it so analytically versus just like sit back and like, ah, I can watch a movie and enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of like pausing, especially with me. There's a lot of pausing to be like, hey, Siri, let's voice dictate this sucker, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Uh, but again, it's another one that's going to be interesting because I'm curious to see how, again, as far as a notes thing goes, like, Cause it's like kind of like breaking down portions of the case and like, you know, some of the jokes and things. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I also but- consider maybe almost looking at it from a character study and, and like yeah. breaking down the characters in particular, like the, the five leads or so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That might be a good way to do it. Who knows? But all right, well tune in in two weeks and you shall see what we come up with on our review of my cousin. Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's bring this pony into the station here. Uh, you want to do our big movie quiz? I would love to, and I didn't know ponies go to stations. <laughs> I thought they go to stables. <laughs> That's true. Um, I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm confusing my trains and, and my stables, yes. <laughs> wah, wah. It is getting to that, that time of night. So I will give you guest choice of comedy classics or Oscar winners since we still are in that Oscar window. Oh, I guess because we're doing a comedy movie, let's do comedy because... Yeah, Eric you just don't want to be brutalized is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, the Oscar ones are, are rough, man. They are Now, rough. funny enough, I feel like we may or may not have actually had a My Cousin Vinny card in here at one point. We did. Um, I feel like I've asked you this question before, too. Okay, I'm going to start over here. All right, okay. so we'll do best of six as we usually try and see how, how far we get. Sounds great. What U.S. state does Sandra Bullock's character represent in the Miss United States pageant in Miss Congeniality? New Jersey. You got it. All right, one for one. Which 1995 film stars Ice Cube and Chris Tucker? Friday. Friday it is. All right, look at you. I heard of I heard a fun fact of the day that some people saw him on an airplane recently laughing hysterically watching Friday. 
Nice. <laughs> on his iPad or something. I was scrolling through, going back to our talk of streaming services before. I don't know if it was Hulu or where I saw it, HBO, where it's just like I was scrolling through and it's just like the Friday trilogy. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, who voices the character of Emperor Cusco in The Emperor's New Groove? One of my all-time favorite Disney movies. Ooh. Bad Llama. I want to say it's um, James Woods, but I think that's no. <laughs> I, I think that's that the, where he plays Satan and that or the devil in another Disney movie. That's exactly it. Yes, he plays uh, Hades in, in Hercules. Yeah, um, I don't know who's, who voices. David Spade. Really? I Boom, baby! I gotta make you watch this movie. This is, it's like one of my favorite, favorite movies. I feel like I watch that every year. Really? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> okay, so I'm two for three here. All right. Which film contains the line, I'll have what she's having? When Harry Met Sally. You got it. Which actor stars as Arnold Schwarzenegger's twin brother in Twins? Danny DeVito. Excellent. You're not going to believe this. Question what? number six. In which comedy does Joe Pesci play a lawyer defending his nephew on a murder charge? <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I promise you people on my children's lives that I did not prearrange this. I did not look for this card. I, like I said, I was like, I feel like there might be a card that would have this. That is hilarious that that just came up. If you get this wrong, <laughs> my cousin Tony, <laughs> you got it wrong. How did you screw this up? <laughs> that is hilarious that that came up. Look at this. I, I, I cannot believe that that's the, the question that came up on that. I believe you. I totally believe it. Oh, hilarious. my God. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, that was very serendipitous way to to end our big movie yeah, quiz. You did a pretty good job. You were on fire there tonight. Yeah. So, uh, very good, sir. All right. I'm happy with five out of six. I like. Tell that. us how the folks can reach us. Okay, if you'd like to find us or chat with us on social media, you can get in touch with us at Box Office Three Zero on Facebook and Twitter, or Box Office T H I R T Y on Instagram. We get the most conversations and such through Twitter, and you know we love to see the back and forth. Like today, the Twitter feed on the poll was so long. I'm just scrolling through, like, wow, this really <laughs> people got after it today, which was really pretty cool. I love um, it. I, I know I was going over it before, but like, I really love to see the interactivity when it happens because it's yeah. like you it's can so feel fun. like you're making this thing in a vacuum, and it's fun when like all of a sudden there's people like. Hey, that that's like my favorite movie. I'd love for you guys to talk about that. You know, just it's just really cool. It yeah, makes it all worthwhile doing. Very, very cool. Um, again, as always, I want to thank Jason and Mickey for the Retro Network for hosting us on on our platform here and giving us a, a voice to to talk about movies and hang out with each other. Um, I will be remiss if I don't admit that I haven't yet listened to the Boba Fett. Podcast of Pete. I just finished Boba Fett and I have lots of thoughts about it. So I'm going to listen to the podcast and then I'll discuss it with Pete at another <laughs> date. But I got to check that thing out. I'm also really bad on the Slack channel where <laughs> I almost forget to open it 
regularly. But if you want to, of Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to join it, we I think we have like a fans Slack thing for it as well. Yes. So again, like I've been really mentioning lately, if somehow you found your way to us not through the Retro Network, the Retro Network is an awesome website and community of folks, other podcasts. Lots of great articles, so head over and check it out. Um, lots to chat, chat and back and forth on um, the social media channels, but um, there's also a Slack channel, and I'm pretty sure if you become a Patreon of the Retro Network, you can get access to exclusive channels, exclusive content, especially more exclusive content coming up, so definitely worth taking a look at, and it keeps the Retro Network up and running, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Also, check out our Tee Public store where you can buy some great merch from our Box Office 30 store. Get some stuff with our logo on it. You can get hoodies or T-shirts or mugs, I think. Yeah. Uh, do we have any hats or any of that? Maybe. I should go back and check because they kind of change their products around sometimes. See what else I can add in. I'm not at this point going to recommend masks anymore despite liking it. All the masks are going away at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Mask mandates done here in Jersey. And Long um, Island and New York, yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I can't in good conscience tell you to go get that. But spring is coming. Go get a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, you can also, if you want to go back and see any of our – see or listen to any of our past episodes or check out anything, go to boxoffice30.com. That's boxoffice30.com. You can listen to our – you know. 41 other episodes if you want to and i think there's maybe you know a couple of snippet bonus episodes in there as well so check that out you know there's a lot of cool stuff there the website is very very (laughs) basic i yeah i promise one of these days i actually started looking recently about what i could do to kind of upgrade it make it a little more wordpressy a little more friendly um but it's just at the complete back end of a long line of other projects I have going. So at some point I, I will do something with it. I do promise, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it'll get there. Uh, but you can also find us even past our website in so, so many locations. Uh, you can find us basically wherever podcasts are downloaded. If you're out there in podcast land, if you're out over on iTunes or Spotify, do us a favor, give us a little five-star rating <laughs> if you liked what you heard on our show. If you, if you only mostly liked what you heard, give us a four-star rating. Just don't give us a one-star rating. But. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, you know, listen, <laughs> with, with regard to that, even even more so than the rating, like, let us know what you think of the show. Give us some feedback. I would love to know what we could add to the show. What kind of elements would you like to see? You know, Pete and I, we do this – virtually but we see each other is there any kind of element that you want us to add to the show i would be happy to know and and excited to add stuff that would be cool sounds good and right now things is about to burp (laughs) (laughs) i was like i'm gonna burp i'm gonna shut up (laughs) wow (laughs) on that note (laughs) we will wish you all happy listening and we will see you in two weeks for our next episode I I, I suck. (laughs) I suck. (laughs) Bye, friends. Bye, everybody. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.